And I know that there's a measurement of light that's candelas, I think. Um, so that's a thing. Look at this. You're a genius. You already taught me something I didn't know. Doing a live. Do you even know where that's from? Yeah. Where? That guy. I don't even know his name. I don't know his name. This <laughs> was so long ago. It predates me. <laughs> okay. Welcome back. This is episode 10. Episode 10. That means we've been doing this for 10 weeks now. Can you believe it? That's insane. If this is your first episode, this is I Should Know This with Joey and Ellie, where we ask each other questions that we should know, and the other tries to explain it, and then we fact check it at the end. That's exactly right. Thank you for the introduction. <laughs> You're welcome. I think most people need to know that anymore. That's funny. Just kidding. Um, okay, I don't remember who asked first last time. This is a constant dilemma. We should mark it somewhere. What did you ask me last time? I don't know. It was episode nine. Listen back. I really don't want to mess it up. I feel like the order should be right. I think you asked me first. About what? No, like I think you're supposed to ask me first this time. Because I know in episode eight, you went first. And then episode 10, I would go first. Oh, okay. Wait, if I went first in episode eight and it alternates, mm -hmm. then I would go first in episode 10. Okay. Does that sound right? Yeah. But me going first means me asking first? No, that means me asking first. Great. Okay. I was hoping to have like a holiday themed question, but I don't have one. Come on. Is yours? Yeah, I think I got something holiday themed. Oh no. Should I find something really quick? Yeah, we can just pause this and come back to it for 12 minutes or whatever amount of time it takes. In the meantime, we can talk about entertaining things and just really build up this recording so that it's about 47 minutes of raw material. No, just pause it. I, I can't find the pause button. Are you being serious? Fine, I'll stop it. You know this is going to come out for New Year's. Oh, perfect. Or around then? Yeah, that makes sense. Great. So, um, okay. So my question has to do with the chemistry of fireworks. And I was hoping you could elaborate a little bit on that and why different elements burn at different colors and things like that. Sure. <laughs> is that Man, a you really picked these great topics. The fireworks, they're basically explosions. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think of... You have gunpowder. Maybe it's not gunpowder, but you have some sort of flammable, combustible powder. Um, you have a fuse. You can hook it up to music and sound recordings, and you can have them play the Star Spangled Banner and light up the sky beautifully. I think for fireworks, I'm trying to think of some of the basic colors or elements that would create the, the different colors. So something with iron would be a red. Um, maybe, uh, I'm trying to think like manganese or magnesium could be colors. Well, without knowing like the exact elements and what colors they're supposed to be, do you know why different elements burn different colors? Yeah, because it's all about that electron state. Mm -hmm. So when they get excited, they jump to a higher electron state and they cause that color to appear. Depending on the energy that's being released. Yeah, and the amount of electrons that are jumping. So Okay. So when you're burning 
uh, firework, you know, it's obviously combustible and then it creates this beautiful light show. I know that they pack them, you know, in different shapes. So you have either a ball and that will create the typical ball. But what they'll do is they'll have, let's say, let's make it red, white and blue. Uh So they'll have the blue on the most inner side. Then it'll be white around it and then red around it. And that's how they'll get that. Or um, remember there was like a whole episode on TV about how they have the streamers that make the noises and how different shapes can do different things. And I don't remember that. But if you could elaborate at all behind, I mean, I guess the chemistry is just what you're saying, the electron stuff. But I remember doing an experiment like in science class where we would burn different elements and see what color they were. But I didn't know what the lesson was behind that. I know like on a basic level why it's burning at different colors, I guess. I didn't know if there was more to it. I think is it cobalt or cadmium maybe that are other colors? I can't. I also don't know what you mean by episode of it. Like what on what show? On a TV show. Oh, okay. Like Discovery or History Channel. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was a a relatively short question to be answered. Should I ask something different? I mean, we can make this uh, a rather short episode. I don't mind if it's only 10 minutes or we can make this a... Uh, or maybe your fact check can be a little bit longer because you can tell us like different stuff about it. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything that I'm missing. Would it be chemists that would be the people doing that, putting it together? Like, who are the people that end up getting that as a job? <laughs> um, they're called pyros. I know, but <laughs> come on. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it actually requires chemists to, to put it together, you know. I think a chemist would design the material, mm-hmm. you know, back when it first gets created. But, you know, if there's new technology for it, they could design that, but for what exists, I think that a firework is a very basic material that, you know, obviously is highly regulated because they are bombs. What is something, what makes something combustible? Well, you can save that for another episode of I Should Know This with Ellie and Joey. All right. I um, mean, I thought it would just be, in, since it was short, we could tack on to it, but maybe not. Um... So, I mean, what makes something combustible is it's low flashpoint. Oh, it's a flashpoint. Um, it's like a measurement to show how flammable it is. So, something like water, flashpoint's crazy high because it's not flammable. Okay. Would it even have a flashpoint? I don't know. <laughs> and, then, and then you have something like alcohol, which has a very low flashpoint. And I know for like hazardous materials, they have, um, I think, three or four different levels of safety for them so it's you know think below 60 degrees fahrenheit below 120 and then anything above 212 celsius or fahrenheit fahrenheit okay all right all righty is that a good question yeah man i think it's a good question i don't know that these episodes have to be <laughs> two and a half hours each no i'm not saying that any- i mean i'd like to ask something that requires a little bit more of an explanation otherwise it's just like trivia yeah, I mean, if I knew more about fireworks, maybe I could go into the, what the materials are. But again, I okay, I made my attempt and <laughs> now we need to get the reveal. So my question is a little pyro related, but this one might go a little bit more to the history side, which I thought you should know, or maybe even to an art side that I thought you could know. Okay. So we've been very festive lately. 
mm-hmm. for the holidays. Mm-hmm. And one of those festive things is having candles, especially scented candles. Okay. This has nothing to do with the scent. It has much more to do with the history of a candle. And you can answer this in any way you want. So it could be whether the candle is how they were made um, or why how they originated, um, why they became so popular. Um, the world is your oyster. What does this have to do with power? I just said it has to do with history or art. Oh, it sounded like at the beginning you said it had a little bit to do with power. Were you... Were you listening when I said this has something to do with either history or art, which is why I thought you should know this? I think when you hear it back, (laughs) you'll realize that what you said sounded like it has a little bit to do with power, not it has nothing to do with power. Okay. Well, (laughs) there is some sort of power to it, right? Because there was a power of heat generated from a candle. All right. That could really burn this house down. Okay. I just want to preface by saying I think that this isn't an art question. Yeah, so I said maybe we can go into the history of it. Okay. History of candles. I mean, whatever you know. <laughs> I think that, you know, candles are obviously um, a result of people wanting to have fire readily available, most likely for light versus heat. And I know that there's a measurement of light that's candelas, I think. Um, so that's the thing. Look at this. You're a genius. You already taught me something I didn't know. And then, um, all right. What's in a candle? You have a wick and you have, um, wax. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so I think. Do you have any idea what the wick could have been made of prior to whatever it is we currently use or? Well, I don't even know that what it is much more than just like a rope. I think it's just a rope. Okay. Um, I think the reason that it burns slowly is because it hits the wax portion. So it hits the wax portion. It hits the wax portion, and I think that slows the burning down. And I think that the wick itself is like treated with wax so that it's not, it's not as flammable. In terms of what wax is, I think you might know better <laughs> than me. Yeah, it's less about the composition of a candle that I wanted to know and more about the history of it or history mm-hmm. of what it could be made from. What was it? Wasn't it um, whale oil? Yeah. That so they slowly for those are for lanterns. So it's different than candles. I think they found that like they needed something that they could use on ships and things like that. And I guess with candles, like they easily blow out. I'm not really sure why they wouldn't use candles and lanterns other than the fact that like oil You don't need a wick. You can just pour the oil in and then burn that slowly, I guess. And it soaks like a little sponge. And then I think it, you know, cooks through. So is it Isn't wax made from like fat, which is why they would use whale oil? Yeah, I guess so. Well, it'd be blubber, right? Yeah, but isn't that fat? Yeah. Um, It's not oil. Have you ever seen Fight Club? Are we getting too off topic? No, I don't think so. Mm. I have seen it. So when they make the soap, isn't that similar to how you would make candles from scratch? We're getting way off base here. Okay, so soap is not similar to candles at all. Soap you clean your body with, candles you burn. (laughs) I didn't know how similar they were. I thought both had like wax in it, but I could be wrong about that. Not really. Okay. Um, history of candles. I really like, I don't know much about 
you know, how they came about, I'm assuming, if I were to guess, I would say... Pre-Renaissance, maybe Neanderthal days? I don't... I was thinking Renaissance, but I think that's just because, like, all the paintings and stuff show them. But I would say, like, probably, like, even Egyptians or Romans would have had the technology to make candles. For the pyramids and whatnot, you would need it, right? To get through the... um, The maze? Yeah. (laughs) The tombs? Yeah. Or mazes. Okay. Well, maybe this will be a short explanation, too, and the fact check will be longer. Perfect. Let's go. All right, I go first, right? You go first. So it looks like fireworks date back a thousand years to Chinese origins. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of things that are rather interesting about fireworks. I don't even think about it, but you know, there's obviously the fuse that sends the shell up into the the sky, but then there's obviously fuses inside, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can have the stars or what they're the balls of chemicals, so. They're the colors or the white that um, actually make up the the firework that you see. Um, it does have the um, gunpowder, like I said, so it can be um, potassium nitrate is the main constituent of it. And then you can have like the inner shell, the outer shell of colors. Um, you have a time delay fuse, which is what causes the firework to go off at the higher altitude because it's time delayed. And then I'm um, thinking of what else there is. So I'm going to include a link to different colors or yeah, to the different colors so that you can kind of see what. Um, well, what were the most common ones? As far as colors. Mm-hmm. So white is either magnesium or aluminum powder. Okay. Then you have yellow, which is a sodium salt. You have orange slash amber, which is either charcoal or iron. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I did decently well. Mm-hmm. Um, red is strontium nitrate or carbonate. Strontium for red. Mm-hmm. Green is barium nitrate or chlorate. And if you take borax, which you can find in your grocery store, kids don't try this at home. We are not giving you authorization. Mm-hmm. We are not liable for burning your house down. But if you put some borax on top of like a candle, it'll actually burn green and that's great for St. Patty's Day. And then blue are copper salts. And that's how you get those colors. And then as far as the types of fireworks, so you have the chrysanthemums. Chrysanthemums, mm-hmm. that's right. That's a flower, right? Yeah, so it's the the full and fluffy pattern of stars that hold their shape before fading. Then you have a comet that has a big head and noticeable tail. Then you have the crosset which is basically the comet that splits into small pieces. So it's the comet that splits off into smaller comet shapes. So it's like having fingers come off of an arm type of thing. Mm -hmm. And then you have palms that are large comets with a trunk created by a big flurry tail. So it's the one where you see the... Mm -hmm. Like a palm tree. Yeah, but you see the... The tail. The tail. Mm -hmm. And then you have the peonies which are a loose pattern of color stars that break and drop. And then you have the willows that are long burning golden stars that fall close to the ground. So for all of those, the thing that gives it the shape is the shell that it's in. Yeah. So you can have a cylindrical shell or you can have a ball shell. 
There's the Italian-American style that seems to be most popular for us here in the States. Uh, I'm trying to see what else I can find. And then uh, just to fact check what we were saying earlier, the reason that chemicals burn different colors, did they give a simple explanation for that? Oh, yeah, we can look that up real quick. I just typed in burns, B-E-R-N, like Bernie. Mm-hmm. What am I doing? So when we look at the the flame test, which is basically what this is, you know, if you ever, if you're old enough to have seen it or you're going to see it, they basically take a Bunsen burner mm-hmm. and you have the flame that's just burning gas. Mm-hmm. And then they take a metal and they hold it over a flame and it changes colors because... Yeah, that's what we did in science class. Because of science. <laughs> um, so they're useful because gas excitations produce a signature line emission spectrum of an element. Uh, in comparison, incandescence produces a continuous band of lights with a peak dependent on the temperature of the hot object. That's why there are incandescent lights. <sighs> that was a lot. Um, so it's basically you're taking the atom and you're exciting it. Um, and then the atom gets de-excited also. So let's just scroll through and, and read a yeah, little bit Yeah, see if there's like this. a one sentence or two sentence explanation. So in short, because that other answer was stupid long and complex, the color of light emitted depends on the energy emitted by each electron returning to its original state. Do I need to repeat that? No, I think that makes sense to me. Okay, so for example, the red region of the flame contains a higher portion of particles with a difference in quantum state energies that corresponds to the red range of the visible light spectrum. Mm -hmm. We're Mm -hmm. not going to go into too much detail on that, (laughs) but it basically falls back to that electron state. Okay. So I did decent. Yeah, you did. Strontium, I'm not going to forget that. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> what strong yeah damn. it's red there's no g in it though i said it because i flexed my muscles uh-huh all right i digress Alrighty. so there was a really good oh i lost there yeah there was a really good article that gave a little bit of the history of candles um i do want to quickly yeah I, I want to quickly read from that if you're okay with me just reading from that. Is it as complicated as my explanation? No. Okay. Because it's like a news article. It was just like a fun article someone did for the holidays. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it says, Candles have been used for light to illuminate man's celebrations for more than 5,000 years. So it's often written that the first candles were developed by the ancient Egyptians. So Whoa. It's pretty look at that. That's right. Spot on. And do you remember the other ancient community I mentioned? The Mayans. No. The Renaissance. I said Romans. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. No, said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so developed by the ancient Egyptians who used rushlights or torches made by soaking the pithy core of reeds in melted animal fat. However, the rush lights had no wick like a true candle. Wait, what is the rush light? Like something that you would use for like a torch. Like an immediate light? I guess so, yeah. Okay. Um, so then it says the Egyptians were using wicked candles in 3000 BC. The ancient Romans are generally credited with developing the wicked candle before that time by dipping rolled papyrus repeatedly in melted tallow or beeswax. Tallow is animal fat. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so the two ancient communities, I said, were credited for candles. Pretty proud of myself for that. Yeah. See, I, <laughs> I knew the history buffing you would come out. Um, okay. So it says historians have found evidence that many other civilizations developed wicked candles using waxes made from available plants and insects. So like early Chinese candles are said to have been molded in paper tubes using rolled rice paper for the wick, um, and wax from an indigenous insect combined with seeds. And then something similar was happening in Japan as well. So history, you know, continues and then in the middle ages they were um western cultures relied primarily on candles rendered from animal fat uh, but there was a major improvement when they realized that beeswax candles could be used because it burned pure and cleanly without producing a smoky flame and it emitted like a pleasant sweet smell rather than like a foul and it's vegan friendly right (laughs) odor is honey Beeswax? Is that vegan friendly? That's a very contentious subject. Okay, we're not going to get into that, but it's PETA friendly for sure. Well, PETA is also vegans. It's animal-ish <laughs> friendly. That's true, but they were never killing animals for the fat. It was always just a byproduct of other things that they were repurposing. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know that PETA has like a big problem with the candle industry. Okay. Da-da-da. The other thing I thought was interesting is that it became a gilded craft. Um, which means there were like unions and stuff and like families that were like candle makers because that was their main source of light and they're called Chandlers. Like Jan? No, Chandler. But I'm talking about from the office. Jan, she makes candles. I didn't even think about that. No, the whole thing is I said Chandler because it's from Friends. I know, but I'm thinking, yeah. You just jumped shows. Let me see if there was anything else. Uh, oh, so the growth of the whaling industry in the late 18th century brought the first major change in candle made- making since the Middle Ages when sperm whale oil became available in quantity. And so that doesn't have an odor when it's burned um, and it has a significantly brighter light. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And then the thing, the reason it's called a wick is because it's wicking up the fuel. So with capillary action, it's wicking up the fuel that it's in, and that's why it's burning slowly from the flame. But what about our candle? Because that's called a wick, right? Yeah, it's still it's still wicking up the fuel that's in. The wax is the fuel. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> well, because I mean, I just think of the those tall skinny candles that you have for a romantic dinner mm-hmm. and how that wax falls to the side. So I didn't really think about oh, wax I have being a, consumed. I, I have the reason that that happens. All right. Okay, but I wanted to jump really quick into the 19th century advances of candles because it all advanced in the 1820s because of a French chemist named Michel-Eugène Chevreul. Michel-Eugène Chevreul. And they discovered how to extract steric, steric acid from animal fatty acids. This led to the development of stearin wax, which was hard, durable, and burned cleanly. And that remains popular in Europe today. Stearic acid is, I think, C22, but we're going to fact check that just because that is relevant and I should know that. Okay. (laughs) Um, Let me see. Paraffin wax was introduced in the 1850s after chemists learned how to efficiently separate naturally occurring waxy substance from petroleum and refine it. 
Um, da da da. So the only disadvantage to that was that it had a really low melting point. So this was soon overcome by adding the harder steric acid, which had become widely available. And then with the introduction of the light bulb in 1879, candle making began to decline. But now it's obviously used for, you know, decorations and everything else. And if the power ever goes out. Um, quickly, I want to read the definition of what a candela is, that measurement that I was telling you about. Okay, but to quickly interject, so stearic acid is C18. I was wrong, but I was close. Okay. So a candela, or a CD for short, is a unit of luminous intensity in the International System of Units, SI units, uh, defined as the luminous intensity in a given direction of a source that emits monochromatic radiation of frequency 540 times 10 to the 12th hertz. That's a frequency. (laughs) And has a radiant intensity in... Sorry intensity in that same direction of one 680 like one over 683 watt per steridian which is a unit solid okay you lost me hard so the candela has replaced the standard candle or lamp as a unit of luminous intensity in calculations involving artificial lighting that's all (laughs) so in layman's terms if you had to explain that to an eight-year-old How would you? So a candela is a unit of light that has a specific frequency and then it's pointed in the angle of a fraction of a watt per angle. I'll put it in there. I don't have a great, like, it's just measuring the intensity of light. Don't click that link. You don't want to know. It's super simple. My Um, my link is going to be a little prettier. It's going to have pictures and colors. Um, so... All right, I want to give you the reason that sometimes the wax drips down the side. All right. Da, 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 nee, nee, nee. Nee, nee, nee. <laughs> um, because the wax, well, I mean, it's just because the wax melts and then it drips on the side. So uh, I'll read the, the paragraph really quick. It says, as the solid fuel wax is melted and burned, the candle becomes shorter. Portions of the wick that are not emitting vaporized fuel are consumed in the flame. The incineration of the wick limits the exposed length of the wick, thus maintaining a constant burning temperature and rate of fuel consumption. Some wicks require regular trimming with scissors. And, uh, oh, that was not the right paragraph. <laughs> so I'm going to cut that out. Um... So to talk about the fuel source, then it is the carbons that is being consumed to create the light or is it something else? Or did you mention that? So the wax is fuel. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out what is actually being consumed. So I guess. Oxygen. It's just a, it's the same thing that's happening in a firework. Well, not the same thing. There's a reason you light a candle in your house. (laughs) No, I know. I'm just trying to find the other thing. Insert awkward silence. No. No. Okay. Sorry. So a candle wick is a piece of string or cord that holds the flame of a candle. Commercial wicks are made from braided cotton. The wick's capillarity determines the rate at which the melted hydrocarbon is conveyed to the flame. If the capillarity is too great, the molten wax streams down the side of the candle. 
Wicks are often infused with a variety of chemicals to modify their burning characteristics. For example, it is usually desirable that the wick not glow after the flame is extinguished. Typical agents are ammonium nitrate and ammonium sulfate to prevent that glow from happening. Yeah, that's interesting. All right. So, did that cover candles for you? Yeah, that was a fun topic. I liked it. <laughs> I can tell. And I like the fireworks one. We had a whole lot of pyrotechnicality going on. Well, tis the season, so. Oh, man. I could have thought of some other some other topics, but we can always save them for future episodes. Mm-hmm. Please continue to fill out the Google form with any suggestions you may have or text us. Um, We appreciate the support and feedback and hope you guys have a great new year. Yeah, hope you had a great holiday and we hope you have a great new year. We're ready for 2019. It'll be season two of I Should Know This, which is exciting. Oh, we're doing it after 10 episodes? Or just every new year. Okay, so we're going to have a 52 episode new. (laughs) Okay. We'll see. We'll figure out the, the technicality of it all, the naming. I think we're still just going to keep, maybe we should just, I don't know. Maybe we should do it quarterly. Well, 12 episodes. The problem with changing the different seasons is that sometimes like you can't tell where it starts because <laughs> we're calling it episode one, two, and three. We didn't say season one, episode one. You know what I'm saying? So now it's going to be like season two, episode one, and it's going to be a different naming convention. Yeah. So I don't like that. So we're just going to have continue the numbering yeah we're not gonna have a new season okay i mean you can create a new season on the like thing but still just increase the numbers from where we left off i like that okay all righty thank you for listening thanks for listening this was i should know this with joey and ellie bye